new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. New on CuriosityStream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. We are back for another edition of the Socastic.com Strategy Show. This time we are talking UFC 279. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. Gotta talk about some of those props I like over at Prize Picks later on in the show. As I've already got four that I like over there. Plus, they got a free square, so I'm feeling pretty good over at Prize Picks coming up this week. Of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter. Pete Rogers Jr. Great to have you back, Pete. Uh, you, you nice and, and and relaxed after taking last week off? A little bit, a little bit. Obviously, I was still, uh, um, you know, missing being a part of the shows, of course. But you guys handled it perfectly, as expected. And uh, you know, you definitely have a, a team that brings a different perspective to it. And uh, I, I like hearing, you know, what they have to say as well. Greg's great. Josh is great. You're okay. And uh, you know, here wow, we are. For I'm okay. <laughs> Jeez, here we are. You're- you are just start off the daggers. Well, well, you know what? You know what? I'm not coming here on Saturday then. Oh yeah, I wasn't coming here anyway. Okay, okay. I, I will be in airport as as you and Josh do a show there. Like, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show last week, uh, if you're not checking out Josh's The Process Show, uh, he talks about what contests to play, and he goes to MMA. And one of my favorite contests to play in MMA is that 20 max. It's it's just one of my go to contests over there. I mean, I know we're we're all chasing that big GPP, but if you're looking to get a little bit less in the field, those 20 max are ones I love to get to. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I love the show and it definitely opens your eyes of what contests to avoid and and how to, you know, try to be as profitable as possible. Yeah, of course. Uh, if you, of course, if you got any questions uh, for us here on this edition of Strategy Show, hit those up there in the YouTube chat. We'll appreciate that. Of course, we're going to break this card down top to bottom and we're going to kick off right with the main event. That is Hamzat Shemaev and Nate Diaz. Hamzat Shemaev, we all know his Pete's guy. He's 9,600 over on DK, 6,600 for Nate Diaz. Uh, FanDuel salaries are not out yet, so we'll be primarily focusing here on the DraftKings side of the equation. If the FanDuel salaries come out during the show, we'll, we'll break those ones down for you here. Uh, I mean, Pete, I mean, look, there's a reason Hamzat Shemaev is a favorite. But, you know, when you go over to Stochastic.com and, and you look at that top fire tool, if you're a premium member, winning percentage odds, Hamzat Shemaev, 93%. And, of course, that is based on the betting odds here. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, I'll never say never. Um, and I, I think that anybody on any given night can upset any fighter, pound for pound fighter, uh, upcoming prospect, um, especially when you have the career that Nate Diaz has had. Now, styles make fights, and I don't particularly like this style for Nate Diaz at all. Um, his best chance is to lure Hamzat Shamayev into a brawl, take him out of his element, get inside that headspace. And try to make him fight as emotional as possible, pretty similar to how he did against Gilbert Burns, because that is not the Hamzat Shemaev, in my opinion, that's going to become champion. Hamzat Shemaev blending takedowns, ground and pound, uh, in addition to strong striking, is how he's going to, you know, claim the belt and hopefully hold on to the belt. Um, but going out there and just, you know, with reckless abandon, just trading on the feet opens you up for counters. In addition, it taxes you. And we saw his gas tank taxed extremely. And, uh, you know, in a five round atmosphere, I, I think it's interesting because Nate Diaz's price is 6,600. So if a late stoppage happens, which is particularly my only, uh, way of seeing Nate Diaz pull out this fight, uh, as you know, you know, victoriously, I, I think that 6,600, he just has to do enough or even just have some volume on the feet, but from takedowns to striking, to knockdown potential, to finishing potential, to, 
absolute domination. 9,600, I still think I'm going to get to him plenty. And uh, it's not going to be a lock because of Hamzat's emotional, you know, just nature. Because in the three-round fight against Gilbert Burns, he scored 100 points. We need a lot of points um, at this 9,600 price tag. So uh, interested to see if you agree with me. I'm going to have plenty of Hamza Shemaev, but I I do think that it's okay to pivot to somebody else as well. It comes to a roster construction situation. I I will tell you this. I'll be under the field of what we'll project on ownership. I don't don't want to get that high on Hamza Shemaev just because I I really feel like that is going to limit what I can do in terms of the rest of my lineup. Uh, We have somewhere at 9,600. My biggest question mark with Hamzat Shemaev is what happens if this fight hits a fourth or fifth round? And mm-hmm. also, what type of fight pace does he come out with? Do we see him come out with that intense fight pace that he had against Gilbert Burns? Or do we see more of a labored, you know, hey, I got to make sure that I'm preparing myself just in case this thing does go 24, uh, four or five minutes four or five rounds in this one. Uh, look, Hamza Shemaev, I think we all know, is the pick here. He's the guy that I think he can win this fight wherever it goes. Nate Diaz obviously would be live off his back, but uh, to me, it's a play of Hamza Shemaev. And by the way, I appreciate Perry Let me know. FanDuel salaries are out. Uh, Hamza Shemaev, $23, $11 for Nate Diaz. Uh, you know, in terms of the salaries, a little easier to get over to Hamza Shemaev over on the FanDuel side of the equation. You know, I mean, still, I mean, it's still a big price tag. Uh, but like to me, you can get over there, especially now. I will say this like on the FanDuel side of the equation. I want to see Hamzat be able to go for takedowns uh, in that matchup to maximize that scorecard. If it's just on the feet, uh, one way I do see this fight potentially ending maybe a doctor stoppage via cuts on Nate Diaz. Yeah, uh, so that would be a concern of if Hamzat Shemaev doesn't score knockdowns, doesn't score takedowns, may not be an ideal score over on the Fanduel side of the equation or even on the DraftKings side of the equation. Yeah, exactly, um, and that, that's. Not a worry, but that that's what can happen, and, and you know, making him not optimal. I do think at twenty three dollars on Fanduel, we've seen a lot worse salaries over there. I think that seems like a no brainer. He's a five round atmosphere, um, tons of potential in various ways. I still think that twenty three dollars is too cheap, and the most likely outcome is a Hamza Shemaev TKO KO. So I think that favors into the the Fanduel scoring a, a little bit. Um, we, we didn't see Hamza go to the takedown well against Gilbert Burns because of his dangerous jujitsu. Nate Diaz is very dangerous too. So Hamza needs to be very, very careful, not be lackadaisical in any transition. Don't leave his neck exposed to get guillotined, um, you know, and respect Nate Diaz, like go in there and, and try to have a more calculated performance. And he should have zero issues as long as he does. So, so we'll have to see how it goes, but I'm definitely going to be having massive Hamza Shemaev ownership. Of course, appreciate everyone tuning in here on a Thursday afternoon. Be sure to throw a like right here on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed already. Hit that notification bell because you know we got you covered for everything DFS-wise. And, of course, uh, if you're not a premium member over Stochastic.com, we'll get a little peek what's behind today's paywall. Today's free premium day and tools, our MLB player projections, and our all-new NFL lineup generator, which is free for week one only. You can find that link in the video description below. Of course, if you're playing MLB, MLB, MLB DFS. Of course, we have our offer for MLB night slates on DraftKings as 100% free for the remainder of the season, which gives you a great chance to give our tools a shot before purchasing. Just click the DK night link below to check out tonight's tools and projections. Of course, we got a great free article right there on the main page of stochastic.com about our NFL coverage. Isaiah did a great job with that. Click on that so you can find out all the details we have for the NFL season, which kicks off tonight. I mentioned I will not be here on Saturday because I'll be traveling to Dallas while Pete and Josh are doing the show here on Saturday. So be sure to check out them. You know what? I You better watch out, Pete. If I, I might be on that airplane, we got Wi-Fi on the plane. I, I might start trolling you in the comments. All right, bring it and bring it, Jason. It's all right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm look, looking forward to football tonight, this weekend. Um, and then obviously some fights. So it's a, it's a decent card, but some names that I, I definitely have a ton of attention to. Yeah, literally, if you saw my folder for, it just says week one Dallas. It's a pretty big folder here in the yeah. corner of, of my desk here as I'm getting ready. To, uh, so I'll be in Dallas this weekend looking forward to, uh, I'll to find a place. If I can't find a place that's showing the fights, uh, you can see it's just pop up my phone. I'll, I am that guy that will sit at a bar. 
Like literally, there's a bar my house I go to. They don't have the pay per view. I literally would just put it on my phone. And That's I'll so crazy from the bar. It's so crazy to me that like Jason will go two places to watch fights. I am almost the same, the complete opposite. I hate watching fights. Okay. In, like no. out in public. I like if the fights are on, I'm cool with just like being on the couch or in the hotel room, just watching it on my phone. I feel like you, you always like to go out with the guys and, and watch the fights out yeah. in public. That's not me, man. It's not me. No, I'm telling you, here's one thing is as someone who's been in this reporting game for some time, MMA, yeah. I learn more about the MMA fan being at a bar than sitting in front of MMA Twitter. You really find out what fighters gravitate towards people. Yeah, I remember. I forget who it was, but you're like, I don't know if you were at a Hooters or wherever you were one day and you're like, nobody's paying attention to this fight at all. And it's and, and like, you know, it goes to oh, show you the our, casual. Our, I, I know. I know the fight you're talking about. All right. What was it? Holly Holm or Kel Pennington? Yes. Yep. Yep. I remember I, it was it was a it was a Connor card. The uh -huh. It was a part of the pay-per-view and literally no one in the bar is paying attention to the fight. Yeah, the casual fan base versus the the hardcore fan base and the betting fan base. I would like to kind of put us into that hardcore category because obviously we got money riding on it. So, uh, you know, we we like to pay attention to every single fight, every single detail, and uh, yeah, I, I think that you know betting in itself and DFS has really elevated the fight game and made more people interested in the sport. So, extremely thankful. Of course, uh, uh, Sam, I appreciate your super chat a little bit earlier. Appreciate you. always appreciate those super chat. Great way to show your support for what me and Pete do here. Let's move on to the co-main event. It's a welterweight matchup between Lee Jialing and Tony Ferguson. Jialing, 9,700 for Tony Ferguson over on DraftKings on the FanDuel side of the equation. $19 for Lee Jialing, $10 for Tony Ferguson. And I mean, the one thing about Tony Ferguson that I think does not get talked a lot a lot heading into this matchup, Pete, is if you go back and you watch that first round, we all remember him getting front kick to the face. We all remember mm -hmm. that photo, that that highlight. But he was having a lot of success in that first round against Michael Chandler. Yeah, he sure was. And, uh, you know, a lot of people only care about the result. Um, but up until that result happened, it looked like Tony Ferguson was giving Chandler a ton of issues. And he's extremely dangerous, always has been. Um, in the striking department, in addition to the submission grappling department as well. So he has multiple paths to victory. It's just in 2022, we have seen Tony Ferguson decline and it's natural. Father time is undefeated, uh, especially when you are in a war against Justin Gaethje and beat pillar or post and you take a ton of damage like that. I don't think that he's been the same since truthfully. Now the skills are there. And the skills could absolutely be uh, Li Jing Liang, no problem at all. So at 7,200, I'm going to get to Tony Ferguson. From a likelihood standpoint, I do not like the fact that this is a fight outside his natural weight class. He has dabbled at 170 pounds in the past and, you know, the ultimate fighter and all that. But, you know, largely most of his career was made at, at lightweight. So going up, uh, going up in weight after you just, you know, got knocked out in pretty bad fashion against Michael Chandler against a very, very dangerous guy in Li Jing Liang, it just doesn't seem like a smart matchup. And, you know, as we talked about on uh, Takedown City, I definitely think the UFC kind of dropped the ball. And I think Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz should have been a, a matchup that they, they definitely targeted. I would have loved to see it. Both guys are in similar parts of their career, and it just would have been an absolute barn burner. Um, but I, I'm going to be getting to Li Jing Liang, truthfully, because I am picking him to win. And I, I think that in 2022, he has the skills to just be better than Tony Ferguson. Now, throughout Jing Liang's career, he's been dropped, rocked, hurt, finished. And a submission finish is totally possible for Tony Ferguson. Uh, it's just how does he get him to that point? He can cut him up on the feet with elbows. He can rock him. But I, I do think that Jing Liang is accustomed to the power at 170 pounds. And I, I think that power difference is going to be why I'm picking Li, Jiang, Li Jing Liang here at 9,000. Uh, the most probable outcome is Jing Liang winning here. But as far as underdogs, name value, I think Tony Ferguson is just going to have a ton of ownership in general because of his name value. Yeah, and Sam, appreciate your super chat. He says, am I crazy? I really think Tony was looking great against mm -hmm. Chandler. Even with him going up to 170, I think he wins. He is an actual, he's at an actual camp now, which uh, that was a uh, part of, 
you know, I, I watched the, the media scrum of, of Tony Ferguson and there's yeah. some parts that I just, I can't take him serious. Yep. Like when he calls himself the best of all time. Yeah. Come on. Guy. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, come on, you know, clearly he can't, you know, he can't get past the Habib's situation. <laughs> and, but the thing that, and we talked about this and people are going to go check out takedown city here over the odd shopper YouTube channel is the fact that he is training at Jackson Wake and, uh, so here's part of the conversation we had on takedown city is I said to Peter go, Hey, what do you think about Tony Ferguson? Essentially saying he really hasn't sparred the last five years. Yeah. I hate it, man. I, I absolutely hate it. And I think I said, that's like a swimmer who doesn't swim. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you gotta, you gotta train. You have to, you can't just hit a bag. You have to go out there and get rounds in and timing is everything in this. And, uh, that's maybe why he's looked off in some performances. I, I did think that he looked pretty damn good against Michael Chandler early, but it's kind of just like, you know, styles make fights. And I do think that there were better matches for Tony Ferguson. This is a dangerous one. Um, and Li Jing Liang has some power. I mean, he's knocked out Santiago Ponzinibbio, Muslim Salikov, um, like uh, Zaleski Dos Santos. So like he's knocking out really, really talented guys. He just has to be careful himself. And I think that he recognizes he's facing a dangerous legend. I will never cross off a legend. Just like I'll have some Nate Diaz exposure and I'm the biggest Hamzat Shemaev guy out there. I will have some Tony Ferguson exposure. Um, if you feel in your gut that Tony Ferguson is going to pull off this upset, by all means, play him. I just, I think that there are some better spots to target, um, especially from a betting standpoint. And this is a week where I, I'm not in love with a lot of underdogs. But in MMA DFS, we're kind of forced. Our hand is forced, and we have mm -hmm. to get some exposure to some of these ugly pieces. November 5th, 2016, the last time. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Tony Ferguson has a win against a fighter currently in the UFC. That's Rafael Dos Anjos. And the crazy stat is the fact that Tony Ferguson, only two of his UFC wins are against fighters who are currently in the UFC with the other one being Edson Barboza. Just a crazy stat out there. Um, you know, look, I, I think you do some sprinkles. I would probably, I would rather, you know, Pete, you always talk about this. Of, you know, we want to get to underdogs in the main event and co-main event. I would rather get to Tony Ferguson than get to Nate Diaz. Yeah, I agree with you. I do agree with you. Um, I think the the matchup against Hamzat Shamayev is much worse than the matchup Tony Ferguson is in against uh, Jing Liang. And, uh, you know, despite the, the change in weight class, you know, I, I think Tony Ferguson's skills, as I said, are there. It's just a question mark about his durability and for a long time, I, I never wanted to back a guy who has been knocked out and, you know, he's kind of turning around. He's getting a fight pretty soon. He's getting a fight before Michael Chandler, who knocked him out. Think about how weird that is against yeah. a knockout guy. So, uh, you know, I, I'm a little nervous for Tony Ferguson in this matchup. Of course, football season has finally arrived, which means they'll be able to take advantage of one of our best deals of the year. Click the link in the video description below or use the promo code SCRAMBLE at checkout to get seven days of Stochastic Plus NFL for only $7. That's promo code SCRAMBLE at checkout to get seven days of Stochastic Plus NFL for only $7. That's 70% off the original price. It includes full access to all the great premium content and tools we have over stochastic.com for NFL DFS, which includes our all new lineup generator, player projections, ownership projections, top stacks, our boom bust tool, and so much more. Of course, a uh, note fancy cruncher is an add on is not included in our base packages, but can easily be added at checkout. Highly recommend you doing that. This offer is valid through Tuesday, September 13th. Once again, that's promo code scramble to get seven days of stochastic plus NFL for only $7. Of course, you know, we got you covered for NFL coverage here at stochastic.com. Of course, we got shows all throughout today to get you ready for opening night 
of the NFL season. Next up, we've got a catchweight matchup of 180 pounds. It is Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez. Kevin Holland is 8,700. 5700 for Daniel Rodriguez. Look over the FanDuel side of the equation. $18 for Kevin Holland. $12 for Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, the fact of the, the reason this is at 180 pounds is because, well, Daniel Rodriguez wanted 180 pounds. Kevin Holland wanted it to be 170 pounds, and he said a weird thing yesterday. Well, he said multiple weird things, uh, not just one. I won't repeat one of the, the – uh, if you've not seen his media scrum, just wait for a line where um, – he uh, asked what happened to Sean Strickland's finger, and he had a comment about it. Okay. It's a, it's a little not safe for work, let's just say. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. But Kevin Hollis said, he goes, hey, I like weight, cutting weight. Well, you're, you're the odd one. I don't know how yeah. many fires truly say, I love cutting weight. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, he, did, he did mention that. Yeah, he's embracing the entire, uh, the entire thing of the of fight week, I guess. And, uh you know, this is an, an interesting matchup, and I actually think that Daniel Rodriguez is worth a flyer at 7,500. I'm interested in this matchup. I am favoring Kevin Holland at 8,700, and it's largely due to his um, his striking skill set and his uh, physical advantages as well. He has a reach advantage of seven inches over Daniel Rodriguez. Um, taller fighter, uh, has good volume. If you look at the stats, Daniel Rodriguez's volume Looks like it's nearly double of Kevin Holland, but that's largely due to, you know, just overblown early finishes. So I actually think that the reach disadvantage that Daniel Rodriguez has is going to limit his output. And, you know, where in some matchups, he didn't care what was coming back towards him. Uh, he's going to have to be extremely selective because I think Kevin Holland could touch that chin, put him out, knock him out pretty easily. Um, we have seen Daniel Rodriguez hurt multiple times. And the Dwight Grant fight is one that really sticks out in my mind. Uh, back in August of 2020, some time ago, Dwight Grant, guy who has massive power, not the most skilled guy, touched Daniel Rodriguez up early, and it looked like he was, you know, en route to getting finished in that fight. And I think that if Kevin Holland lands some strikes, he has versatile striking where he can mix things up in all kickboxing areas. So he's not just going to go out there and box him. He's going to mix in some tricky kicks, some good elbows, some good knees. Um, we've seen both of these guys, you know, th their durabilities kind of, you know, tested. And I think this is going to be a banger. It's going to be a kickboxing fight. Uh, fighters that typically have an advantage over Kevin Holland are strong wrestlers. Uh, he's a decent grappler, pretty good grappler, but uh, it's the strong wrestlers that can, you know, control him on the mat for, you know, periods of time, threaten him with submissions and just kind of, you know, stall him out a little bit. I think Daniel Rodriguez is skilled in the jujitsu department, but I think it's at to a point where Kevin Holland can kind of negate that style. So I'm expecting a kickboxing fight and I'm, I'm picking Kevin Holland to win here at 8,700. Uh, you're not going to, to hear me talk you off of Daniel Rodriguez at 7,500 just because of the high volume. If he's able to, you know, get in rhythm and, and land some combinations, but this is a week where I hate most of the underdogs. So I'm not going to fault you for going Rodriguez, but it's Kevin Holland for me. I think he knocks him out. Tyler chiming in saying, can we get Pete versus Jake Paul or KSI? I love it. We hear, we hear a crazy I number. I saw KSI turned down a $10 million offer to do a podcast. Take that one. How good do you think the KSI business is? He's turned down $10 million. Damn. I don't even know who the hell KSI is, but if you think, if y'all think like Jake and Logan Paul are big here, like KSI is like king of the entire UK. It is dumb. Yeah. The amount of money they have. Well, I mean, when you have that much leverage, you can pick and choose whatever you want to do and money becomes a, a non-factor. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I guess that's chump change, but Hey, I, I want some chump change. So, uh, by all means, I would love that. <laughs> all I know is my email is filled from uh, the PR agency from Jake Paul about all the things they're doing over the next couple of days with Jake and Anderson. Of course, uh, they were going to be fighting there October 29th. They're in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, you know, in terms of Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez, concerned to have with Daniel Rodriguez, uh, first fight in uh, nearly uh, just over a year, fought August 28th, uh, 2021. That was a decision win against Kevin Lee. I want to say it was a hand injury. The mm -hmm. reason he's been out uh, that amount of time, but uh, overall, I do like Kevin Holland. I just don't. I don't know if this is an optimal fight. Yeah, if it goes fifteen, I don't think it is. Um, but you know, it's going to be an intense kickboxing fight, and when they're throwing with bad intentions, it just takes one shot to really, you know, land a, a knockdown, um, high volume striking affair. But we need a finish in this fight. So, 
it all comes down to how likely you think a finish happens. Next up, we've got a female bantamweight matchup between Irene Aldana and Macy Chiazon. 8,800 for Irene Aldana, 7,400 for Macy Chiazon over on the DraftKings side of the equation. On FanDuel, $17 for Irene Aldana, $13 for Macy Chiazon. Of course, Macy returning to 135 pounds. She's had, uh, I would say, a majority of her fights in the UFC at 145 pounds. Uh, last fight at bantamweight was back in 2021. A decision win there against Marion Renault. Irene uh, Aldana, uh, this is her first fight since July of last year, which was a TKO win against Yuna Kuna Sky. She did miss weight in that matchup. Uh, she's 3-1 in her last four fights, but uh, she's been an active fighter, Pete, which is always kind of a concern for me. Uh, she hasn't fought twice a year since 2019. She only fought once in 2021, which is July. Prior to that was October of 2020, but uh, I do like this spot here for Arena Tanya. Yeah, I, I really like Arena Tanya from a... a- winning the fight standpoint. I, I think that she's going to have the Macy Chasson problem solved. And I think that she's going to be the better striker of the two. Macy's typically the better striker in most matchups, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. I, I think that Irene Aldana is going to capitalize on a lot of the mistakes that Macy has. Um, and despite having a slight reach, reach disadvantage, Irene Aldana should be able to go out there and land good boxing combinations, stuff some takedowns because, you know, the versatility of Macy Chasson's game of blending her striking with her takedown attempts is what makes her extremely dangerous and makes her a, a pretty decent minute winner. She's able to go out there and win minutes. And in the eyes of the judges, she's able to push a pace. I think the 84% takedown defense of Irene Aldana is going to be put to the test. And I think she's going to pass the test. I, I really do. I think it's going to be a competitive fight. Um, but it's one where I don't think that this fight's going to be optimal. Uh, if the underdog had a better shot to win, sure. Then, you know, a, just a, a, basically a decision win can be enough. If it's a low scoring slate, um, I like Macy Chasson in her previous bout against uh, Norma Dumont as an underdog. And I do not like her here against Irene Aldana, 8,800 for Aldana, 7,400 for Chasson. This might be the fight that I'm fading the most. If I'm being honest, I would much rather and we'll see if you agree with me. I would much rather go from 8,800 Aldana to 8,700 Kevin Holland. Um, I can still, you can still make an argument that the Holland Rodriguez fight isn't optimal either, but I think it's much more likely than uh, Aldana Chasson. The thing that I would tell you, and this is using our tools and data over at stochastic.com, is looking at that ownership. And right now we're projecting Arena Aldana at 16% ownership. Just a comparison, we're projecting Kevin Holland here on Thursday at 31%. So Arena Aldana to me, like, do I love the, the price tag of 800 in terms of that, that ceiling of, of can't she get over 100 points? I don't love it. But to me, it would be more of taking a shot on the ownership aspect of this. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't hate uh, how like uh, Sam Pierce in chat is saying Macy wins via takedown city. It's definitely possible, and that is her best path to victory. She landed six of 12 takedowns against Norma Dumont, and I think that style kind of threw Norma Dumont off. Um, and we have seen Irene Aldana not struggle in the takedown department, but if there's one matchup that you can look at, you can say, well, Holly Holm took her down five or 14 times and uh, ended up beating her in that fight via decision. So, um, you know, maybe Macy can do the same thing. I think that we're not taking into account development. And I think that Irene Aldana's, you know, clearly going to be working on that extensively. And I just think that she's going to have the tools to negate Macy Chasson's attempts. She might get her down a couple of times, but I'm expecting an Aldana performance. Opening five of the pay-per-view is a light heavyweight match between Johnny Walker and Ian Kutalaba. Johnny Walker, 7,600, 8,600 for Ian Kutalaba, $18 for Kutalaba on FanDuel, $12 for Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker yesterday talked about the fact that he is uh, no longer using CBD and THC, talked about how it made him paranoid and how he would show Blake to practice. Pete, I've heard some excuses in this fight game. (laughs) This is a new one, bro. Like, this is a new one. Yeah, I think think we're grasping for straws here, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about this. This might be the strangest thing ever, but I also think it kind of comes with the territory. I think Johnny Walker is a pretty strange guy. And in addition to being strange, he's been knocked out a ton throughout his career. So he's taken a lot of damage upstairs. And, um, you know, he, as far as offensively has all the skills to beat Ian Kutalaba totally has all the skills to beat majority of the people within the division. 
It's just he can't really handle or uh, handle what's coming back his way. And I think that his chin is something that we cannot trust at this point. Uh, when you see people get knocked out, okay. But when you see the way this man has been knocked out, it is some of the strangest, most devastating ways that the body getting hit on the temple, where you see that body just doing involuntary things. It's very concerning for me, to be honest. So um, Johnny Walker is going to be a pretty popular underdog at 7,600 because of the first round upside. If he wins, I think he wins early. Uh, as far as like breaking down the fight, I think Ian Kutalaba needs to close space and close distance pretty early because at range, he's going to be at a seven inch reach disadvantage. So Johnny Walker can stay on the outside and, and pick Kutalaba apart. It's up to Kutalaba to close that space, throw a nice overhand in route to, you know, getting his takedowns because that's what makes him so special within the division. I view this fight as an optimal fight, Jason. I view this fight as an optimal fight. I don't think it's going to go the distance. If it somehow does, I'm expecting it to be a crazy, crazy fight where we're still getting tons of fantasy points because if it goes the distance, most likely Kudalaba is taking him to take down city ragdolling them in route to tons of control time and significant strikes and possibly a TKO as well. So um, Kudalaba is going to be the pick for me at 8,600. Uh, he's been finished in the past via submissions and via, you know, t- uh, KO, TKO. But as far as like who I trust slightly more, I'm going to trust Kudalaba. And I'm also going to trust his camp a little bit more than Johnny Walker in 2022. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about when Johnny Walker entered the UFC, uh, yeah, how you view him at that point, how you view him here. Just uh, he's a tough guy to trust here. Uh, but yeah, this could be a fight that you maybe do look at a priority fight. But I think if the finish comes, it is more coming on the Ian Kutalaba side of the equation. Now, the feature prelim matchup will be a matchup between Akeem Dawadu and Julian Orosa. Akeem Dawadu, $8,900, $7,300 for Juicy J, and then $19 and $11 respectively over on the FanDuel side of the equation. While Akeem Dawadu is known for a guy going the distance, he's gone to a decision in six. Of his last seven fights, uh, this is this is talking about when you've got an opponent who is going to bring that four pacing style. I feel like it's going to bring a style into Kim Dawdu that he's actually we've not necessarily seen uh, inside UFC competition. Um, I think this is a fight that's going to get a stoppage at some point, yep. just because of how Julian fights. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think Julian Rosa is going to force his hand. Um, just the forward pressure, not every fighter can fight backing up. And sometimes if you put a, a, a fighter on their back foot, they are a shell of themselves. I think Hakeem Dawadu has some pretty good footwork and he's able to, you know, still tailor his game around his strengths. And I actually think that he can capitalize on some of the Julian Arosa combinations and some of the mistakes, right? Like Julian Arosa crashing forward a lot, crashing distance, um, For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. It's Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen, and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. He's good offensively you know, defensively, he's okay, but he gets hit. And when he gets hit, he gets hurt. So um, that seems like, yeah, that's, that's obvious. And that's, you know, when, when anybody gets hit, they get hurt, they, they get hurt, but no, not necessarily. Uh, I just don't like the durability surrounding Julian Arosa. It's kind of inconsistent. There was a large time where uh, we didn't think that he would be a part of the UFC for, for this little stretch. And man, he's four and one in his last five, which is kind of crazy considering how much he was finished in his early career, especially his early early UFC career. So man, props to uh, Julian Arosa. I think he's going to be a pretty popular underdog, but I'm with you, man. I think Hakeem Dawadu 
even in a decision, we saw it against Michael Trezano. He put up 102 fantasy points. He was priced at 8,500 for that fight. And, you know, he threw 214 uh, significant strikes, landed 140. I can see a similar performance, but I actually think that Hakeem Dawudu finds a knockout here against Julian Arosa. I really do. I, I like the Muay Thai skill set of Hakeem Dawudu. I'm not going to fault you. If you get to Julian Arosa, I'm going to get to him as well because it's just an ugly week for underdogs, but it's Hakeem Dawudu. I think he knocks him out in at 8,900. He should be one of the guys that could be lost in the shuffle based on his, his career of going the distance. Well, I think when you're looking at those fighters and talking from a DraftKings perspective here of that under 7,400 and below, and you're looking at the ceiling of those fighters, Juicy J's got to be one of those guys you look at and say, Hey, if he's going to go out there and win, it's likely going to be a finish. And that, you know, that to me is where, it, you know, if I'm, you know, I'm over in Fancy Crunch and I'm creating an underdog group, like Juicy J's in that group. Yeah, I mean, he's in the group. He definitely is. And we, we saw him pick up a very nice knockout over Nate Landware, who has looked pretty damn good, right? Uh, picking up a pretty uh, crazy performance over David Onama. So you, you'll see this from time to time where like wins age well and even yeah. losses sometimes age well. And you're like, oh, well, that wasn't that bad. Where in hindsight, you're like, I at the time, I thought it was a bad loss. But I mean, props to Juicy J. He's clearly turned the corner within his career and he has all the offensive skills to pull this off. I think that Hakeem's just uh, a little bit better. No, I'm with you there. Of course, uh, this is a strategy show. We're getting you ready for UFC 279, and we are sponsored by Prize Picks. They've got their daily prop-based contest, and we can sign up, sign up over at prizepicks.com. Use the promo code AWESOMO as they had an instant first match deposit of up to $100. Five-player lineups can get you up to 10 times your entry free. And, of course, use your knowledge on multiple sports with cross-sports entries reason you got to bring this one up is they got a free square going on over there this week right now for week one of the NFL season on Tom Brady's point a half passing yard. So it's a free square over there. You got to take advantage of it over there at prizepicks.com. And looking over on the MMA side of the equation, Pete, I got two props I like over on the takedown side and two I like on the fight time props over there. Let's start takedowns first off. I'll start off with the co-main event, Lee Jialing. That number is one and a half. I like the under there. I think that it's a it's a smart play just because if Jing Liang goes to the takedown well, he's got to be very, very careful. He can land takedowns, but he's got to be very careful of the jiu-jitsu. So from a game plan standpoint, it would just make sense to test the chin of Tony Ferguson. So I think I'm with you on that one. Now, I like a over on the takedown props, and that's Hamzat Shemaev, one and a half. I'm just going to say this. You got to hit this prop now because I yeah. don't think this one half number is going to be there very long because I think Nate Diaz can get up at least once. I mean, so you're telling me Hamzat Shemaev just got to land two takedowns. I love that number. That might yeah. be my favorite prop over prize picks right now. I like it too, but, you know, again, it comes down to the emotional decisions of Hamzat Shemaev, like, he was lured into a brawl against Gilbert Burns. I think that the two takedowns should absolutely come. Um, I'm going to say over, but man, I, I just hope Hamzat really fights the correct fight. I also like two overs on the fight times. One is Darion Weeks at 10 minutes. I think that fight's going to go uh, 15 minutes. We'll talk mm -hmm. about that one a little bit. Uh, and I like the Kevin Holland 12 and a half over. I, th I think that fight's going to go at least, you know, hit the third round. I think if a stoppage comes, it's going to be late in the third round. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at the fight times right now and honestly, the Jake Collier over 12 and a half minutes, I can see them just enjoying it out there. Chris Barnett really likes to strike. So does Jake Collier. Uh, as long as it stays on the feet, we could see a, a heavyweight decision. So uh, I think I'll take the, the over on the Collier fight time. Yeah, I, but of course, you got to check out everything got going on over at Prize Picks. Sign up right now by heading to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code AWESOME for instant first match deposit of up to $100, or you can download their app in the App Store uh, and, of course, play over there at prizepicks.com. Appreciate their support here of the Socastic.com MMA strategy show. Let's move on to a our second catchweight bout of this fight card. This is a catch weight of 220 pounds. Jolton Almeida, a huge betting favorite in this one, taking on Anton here. Uh, 9,500 here for Jolton on 
DK Anton, 6,700, uh, $22 and $9 respectively. Of course, Jonathan Almeida, 2-0 in the UFC, both first-round victories. Uh, this will be the UFC debut for Anton, of course, uh, fighting on the contender series, which he did go the takedown route in that one. Uh, one of the notes I have uh, written on Anton is defensive liabilities that I see with him. Mm-hmm. I expect that he's going to try to take this one to the ground. I somewhat concerned about whether or not he has uh, the cardio here. I mean, look, Jaltel May is ultimately going to be a 205 pounder. Um, he's working his way down there. But uh, this is, I think it's it's very, I mean, look, it's a high price point you got to pay. Um, you know, maybe maybe you look at that ownership of Hamza Shemaev and say, hey, let me spend $100 less and, and go to Jaltel Almeida. I'll tell you what, I'm always looking to um, target underdogs for some of the fighters that are you know, for some prospects, just because I think that a lesson is looming for a lot of them because, uh, you know, MMA is a very, very hard game to remain undefeated. And uh, it just takes one correct game plan to throw you off or an injury or your conditioning to not up to be not, you know, be up to par. I don't think that Anton is the guy, but I think that he represents a skill set that could possibly pose a problem for Jalton Almeida. Now, Jalton Almeida, phenomenal jiu-jitsu, can, sub, can submit almost anybody. In addition to his jiu-jitsu, he has, you know, devastating power, but vicious, vicious ground and pound. So he can kind of select what he wants, whether he wants to pound you out or, sub, or submit you. What I will say is whenever you have big guys like this, noticing a fighter that can push such a high work rate is impressive. Attempting 16 takedown attempts on the on the contender series, Anton went 11 of 16 mm-hmm. with 11 minutes and 49 seconds of control time. That pace can break a lot of people. Even if he's not successful, if he's unsuccessful with the most of his attempts, it's still taxing on, on his opponent. So I'm going to sprinkle Anton. I don't expect him to win, but I think that even in a loss, we could look at a guy that maybe get you some some more points than a Nate Diaz or even a Tony Ferguson just because of the takedown potential. Now I think that Jelton Almeida is probably going to get a, a finish within, you know, inside the distance and it's the most likely outcome. But Anton does train with Hamza Shemaev at All Stars. So I think that there is some some, you know, value. I, I don't even know if the value is the word. I think he's worth a sprinkle in some of the lineups. So I'm going to look at ownership. It's probably going to be single digit ownership and I'll probably simply double it just because. And uh, I always say that a lesson is looming for a lot of these prospects. I don't think that Anton is the guy, but he, his skill set could, could surprise all of us. Even if you double his ownership, Pete, you're still not hitting 10%. Yeah. See what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. We're projecting at 4%. Yeah. I mean, I think Jalton, I mean, is going to be so dominant out there, but. I'm just saying 11 of 16 takedown attempts, even if he looks gassed, can gas out his adversary as well. So we shall see. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just comes down to a roster construction situation. Price tag at 9,500. Let's move over next up to a middleweight match. You got Pickett and Denise Pickett, 8,300. Denise, 7,900. They're both $15 over there on FanDuel. Jane Pickett is a guy I feel like I just can't get right in the UFC. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fights that I'm on him, he can't get the win. And then the fights I'm, you know, I'm against him, he goes out there, just makes me look dumb. Yeah, same. I, I mean, we're in the same boat because I think Jamie Pickett has some skills. Um, decent striker, decent grappler. I think that he's pretty mediocre everywhere, but he's seemed to be a little bit smarter, especially against Joseph Holmes and even Loriana Stor- uh, Staropoli. So like Staropoli in that fight, he scored 65. And Joseph Holmes, I thought that as dominant as he was in certain positions, he could have got him out of there. Still only scored 66. So do I expect Jamie Pickett to, to finish Dennis Tululin? Well, Dennis Tululin usually struggles in the takedown department. And if you can work towards, you know, getting him out of there via submission, I actually don't foresee that happening. So if Pickett wins, I don't even know if he's going to be optimal in the decision. I actually think that Dennis Tululin is going to be my pick. I, I think I'm picking Dennis Tululin. Um, he was hurting Aliashev his Riev on the feet, uh, looking pretty good. I really don't. I think this is a pretty low level fight, if I'm being honest, for the middleweight division. But you're going to give me a discount in Tululin, who I think has the the higher finish upside. 
and it's a salary play and it's an ugly week for underdogs. I'm hurting to find somebody. So I'm sure I'll have plenty of Dennis Tallulah and I'm going to pick him to win here. And uh, it's a fight I don't really like, but I, I have to find somebody to back. So I'm going to go with Tallulah. Next up, we've got a heavyweight matchup. You got Jake Collier taking on Chris Barnett. Jake Collier, 9,100, 7,100 for Chris Barnett over on DK, 21 and 10 over there on the FanDuel side of the equation. Of course, Jake Collier has been a guy that's been going the distance uh, here as a UFC heavyweight. Five of his last seven fights have gone the distance. Uh, and he's due, Pete. He's due because he alternates losses and wins in the UFC, and he's coming off a loss. So, I guess they're slocking Jake Collard at this point, but, <laughs> but, but I do concern about the ceiling here. Yeah, I, I am concerned about the ceiling, the price point 9,100. If he was, I was hoping he was like 8,500. That's kind of like the sweet spot where I was like, yeah, I can get to him because I do think that there is a, a path for him to pick up a finish um, over Chris Barnett. I think Collier can win this fight any way he chooses to. Um, he can outpoint Chris Barnett in a fun kickboxing fight. Just be extremely aware of the kicks because Barnett has an extensive Taekwondo background. Um, if he wants to change levels and take Barnett down, I actually think that that is the easiest path to victory. And it's just Barnett's such a big, big guy. You don't want to be underneath those hips, especially if he times a sprawl correctly or if you just had a lackadaisical attempt. So 9,100, I'm going to get to Jake Collier. But in 2022, it's kind of crazy how Jake Collier is such a favorite. You know, for if you look back on his early career, but I got to tell you, I actually think this guy is pretty damn good for the division. He has like this middleweight style um, at heavyweight, like good speed, good volume. Guys can't really, you know, keep up with him. And uh, I actually think that he's pretty well rounded and, and skilled. So as far as call, uh, Collier within the division, I like him going forward for DFS. I like him. It's a, it's a, I will have exposure to him, but it's not like a smash play by any means. I do wonder Jake Collier goes takedown route in this one and, and searches for a submission. Yeah. I mean, that's what I honestly, I, I think the prop on that is what I say, plus 475 or something like that. I think it's pretty damn interesting. And uh, he made Chase Sherman look like he didn't belong in the UFC. And I'm not really sure if he does belong in the UFC, but uh, that was a dominant, dominant round one finish, 105 fantasy points. So that is what we need, at least at 9,100. Next up, we got a female matchup, Norma Dumont taking on Danielle Wolf. Norma Dumont, the big favorite in this one, 9,200 on DK, 7,000 for Wolf on DK over the FanDuel side of the equation, 20 and 10. Norma Dumont coming off a split decision loss against Mason Chayasson back in May that did snap a three-fight winning streak for her. Her last four wins have come by decision. This will be the second professional fight for Danielle Wolf. Of course, she made her pro debut on the Contender Series, got signed. That was back in 2020. She has not fought since then, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird story. It's a weird fight. I don't really understand it. Um, Norma Dumont is definitely the better mixed martial artist. Uh, she picked up a win over Aspen Ladd, Felicia Spencer, Ashley Evan Smith. So while Danielle Wolf has been working on her MMA game, Norma Dumont has been competing at a very high level. Um, she got taken out of there pretty quickly against Megan Anderson, but you know, outside of the Macy Chasson latest fight, she's looked damn good. She's kind of like been a surprising story. She looks powerful. She's well-rounded Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, I believe. Um, just, just pretty good everywhere. Good hands. The issue would be the fight IQ, right? Like if she chooses to just stay on the feet and allow Danielle Wolf, who's a pretty accomplished boxer to just piece her up at distance. That's not MMA. That's not what Dumont's I, I, if I was in, in Dumont's corner, that's not what I would recommend. You know what I mean? She needs to make, make this into an ugly MMA fight where she can, you know, put Daniel Wolf in, in some terrible position. So it's a, it's a Norma Dumont play for me. And uh, I just really don't like the salary at 9,200. It's there if it's a dominant win, but how likely is the dominant win? I, I think a win in the nineties and below is much more likely. 
Of course, one of the things me and Pete would love to see on Saturday night. I want to see you go into the Stochastic Hall of Fame. Of course, you got to be rocking that Stochastic Avatar on your DFS profile. And when you place in a top three of a contest of over 5,000 contestants, tweet your win. So at Stochastic HOF, you'll win a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Only one free month can be awarded per user per a calendar year. And we got to say kudos to uh, JST taking out a million dollars in the Mega Millionaire contest over there. Kudos to you uh, with that lineup. Shane Bieber. Uh, you know, going out there scoring 31 points for you, even had someone with a two with zeros uh, in his life, goes out there and wins a million dollars. Kudos Jeez. to you, bro, for going out there and doing that. That's a crazy the fact that we, he had two guys in his lineup with zero points and still goes out there and wins a million. Kudos uh, to you. Of course, he had that Dodger stack in there. Uh, also, kudos to John taking down first place LB contest, winning a thousand dollars. Uh, they're in the 12k Chen Music single in. That's one of those uh, single entries that I do love to get into there. Uh, Pedro, take it down uh, first place there, winning $500 in an MLB contest. Congratulations to you over there. Also, uh, Josh, take it down first place in a college football, or second place in a college football contest last week. And also, Alex, take it down over $19,000 playing in MLB. And Cedric, uh, take it down a contest over there on DraftKings as well. Of course, I always uh, love seeing those winning screenshots. And I'll be sure to send those to myself and Pete. On Saturday, following UFC 279, we got three more matchups to get through here. We got uh, Haley Alatang, 8,400, taking on Chan Alleger, 7,800, 17, and 13 over there on the FanDuel side of the equation. You know, as I was kind of taking some deep dive into this one, the crazy thing with Chad is he started his career two and five. Yeah. And crazy, he's man. won 10 in a row uh, since that matchup. He did win uh, his uh, UFC debut in February against Jesse Strader. Wasn't going well in the first two rounds. I think mm-hmm. we can both uh, talk about that. Uh, Alex Hang, 3-1-1 one, one in the UFC. Uh, his first four fights in the UFC with the distance. He is coming off a 47-second win against Kevin Kroom. Yeah, I mean, I like this fight. And typically, the lower weight classes, I like to sprinkle some underdogs. I will have some Chad and Helliger here. I think that he hits really, really hard. Um, but I think an Achilles heel for him has always been his takedown defense. Uh, and, you know, against Jesse Strader, it was not going well, as you mentioned. It looked like he was about to be losing this fight because uh, he seemed to be behind. Um, and then he landed one big shot, and then it was just a dominant, dominant finish. I think that Haley Alatang will be the better minute winner in this situation. So, like, he can compete on the feet. He throws really powerful punches as well. Um, but it's his takedown prowess that should be the difference maker here. Uh, he's gone to takedowns in some of his fights, uh, not as much as I would like, but he, he attempted four of thir- landed four of 13 against Ryan Benoit and uh, three of seven against uh, Denon Bakary. I think that uh, Denon Bakary is a better fighter than Chad Ann Helliger. That's a little bit of MMA math. Uh, I don't really like backing things up with MMA math, but I just think that Haley Alatang is going to beat Chad Ann Helliger. With that being said, it's, it should be competitive for as long as it lasts. If it does go 15 minutes, that, that tells me that Haley Alatang has been able to chain together multiple takedowns and avoid the big, big power. So I like him here at 8,400. In general, it's a fight that I actually can see sneaking into the optimal lineup. Next up, we got a female matchup. Melissa Martinez making her UFC debut. Take it on Elise Reed here. Melissa is 8,500, 8, excuse me. Elise, 7,700, and then $17, uh, $16 for Martinez or on FanDuel, 14 for Elise Reed as uh first MMA fight for Melissa Martinez since December of 2019. Five or six wins have come via stoppage. Elise Reed, one and two in the UFC, coming off a third round loss against Sam Hughes. Um, like, look, if, if I'm looking at underdogs that I think have a chance, have a higher probability of winning i would put a least read in that equation just because stylistically this is a matchup that suits her abilities where you're not going up against somebody a fighter that we would expect to take it to the ground but let's just let's just know here pete you got your blinders on because of the style of muslim martinez <laughs> yeah i mean knee-jerk reaction was picking elise reed to win against whoever this Melissa Martinez fighter was. And then I did some deep diving on Melissa Martinez and she comes from the same background that I do sport karate and, you know, a ton of kickboxing fights as well. So it's, it's like, all right, well, let me see if the fight film kind of backs up her, her accolades. And I have to tell you, she's really, really talented on the feet. And this is a fight that Elise Reed, 
should be like licking her chops at because it's the perfect stylistic matchup to go out there and showcase her skills because Elise Reed on her back is a terrible, terrible MMA fighter. She needs to keep fights on the feet, look to outstrike her opponents. And, you know, you want her in these matchups because this is going to be the most winnable fights out there. I actually still think that Melissa Martinez is going to have the edge, going to have the versatility, the dexterity of her kicks, just mixing things up and keeping Elise Reed guessing. Um, I think the volume's going to play into Melissa Martinez's favor. But with that being said, uh, inactivity, in addition to octagon jitters, kind of get to a lot of fighters. So Elise Reed will be a fighter that I will be a little bit more heavily exposed as an underdog. But as far as like picking the fight, I do have my blinders on for Melissa Martinez. And I actually think she's just going to outpoint her. I don't think this fight's going to be optimal. I have to tell you, I really don't. Um, and I think it's going to be a 15 minute decision for either one of these ladies, but it's Melissa Martinez for me. And then our first fight of the night will be the age 108,000 fight. As we got Darion Weeks taking on Johan Lenace. Lenace is the 8,000 fighter over on the FanDuel side of the equation. $16 for Weeks, $14 for Johan Lenace. Uh, Darion Weeks, 0 2 in the UFC, but against good competition. Brian Barbarina and Ian Gary. And Johan Lenace. Uh, who got off a good start against Gabe Green, but ended up losing uh, losing a decision there. One uh, majority of Johan Lenace's fights do end via finish. Um, this is one of those ones like I favor Darion Weeks just slightly. Yeah, but I don't know how much I really want to get there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that uh, this fight's going to be interesting, and I'm going to be smashing it naturally because it's the 8200 8000 fight. Um, I can see Darion Weeks getting a Late stoppage, potentially because of Johan Lainez's questionable cardio, as evidenced in the Gabe Green fight. He looked damn good early. That powers something out of this world. So he just really needs to touch Darian Weeks, who's very, very hittable. But if Weeks is able to just chain together takedowns and tax the, the cardio system of Johan Lainez, I really don't like what I saw on film. Now, there, there could always be development in the cardio, in the training, in the conditioning programs and whatnot, but I'm going to be picking Darian weeks to, to win this over 15 minutes. But as far as like round one winners, I think that Johan Linus might be at the top of the list. Like that's his best path to victory. So I'm going to be smashing exposure to Johan Linus. But again, you know, there's plenty of weeks where I really like the underdogs. This is not one of those weeks, buddy. No, no. As I literally am highlighting who I'm going to pick yeah. for my straight up fight picks here. As we'll get into that right now. Um, yeah, not a lot of underdogs here. I'm highlighting, Pete. Mm-mm, not at all. I, I don't don't like it at all. And usually that's not my type of style. Yeah. So uh, let's let's go down the, the picks here. Uh, main events. I, I don't even think I have to say. I think we both take Jemayev. Yep. Uh, Call main event. I'll take uh, John Ling. Yep. Jing Liang for me. Kevin Holland. Holland. Aldana. Aldana. Kutalaba. Kutalaba. Okay. Oh, stop it. Are you really? Julian's my guy, man. Oh, man. Okay. Julie's I'm going, I, I, I'm going I, down. I, look, I, I've known Julian for all these years. This is a, a from Homer the heart pick. pick. This, this yeah. is the Homer from the heart pick. Give me Juicy J. Okay. All right. I'm going down with you. Jalton Almeida. Jalton Almeida. I'll go pick it. Don't feel good. I'm going to Lulin. Uh, Collier. Collier. Dumont. Dumont. Uh, Alatang. Alatang. Uh, I'll go Elise Reed. Okay, I'm going to go Melissa Martinez. Uh, Darion Weeks. I'm going to go Darion Weeks. That, that, I hate that fight. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin a lot of lineups. I know it. Uh, Sam uh, Pierce, appreciate it. He goes, thoughts on the lineup I'm working on. What should I change and with who? Shiason, uh Chimaev, Dawadu, Ferguson, Holland, and Denise. Well, I'll tell you, um, I don't hate the lineup. Uh, I'm not in love with Chasson because I don't know if she's going to have such takedown success. And I'm not in love with the Tony Ferguson call. But as far as GPP goes, I don't, I would probably play that lineup, to be honest. Um, And I probably just make another one and, and figure out how I can get different. But, uh, Punting for some low options is going to be pretty popular this week to pay up for Hamza Shemaev. Ferguson, I wouldn't mind as a cash play. 
Cause I could see where he could, he could rack up 30, 40 points in a loss. Mm. You like cash Nate Diaz or cash Tony Ferguson? Tony. I might say Nate Diaz, truthfully. I, I just, I think for in a cash situation, it, if you tell me that fight hits the fourth round, then Nate Diaz all day. His price is so cheap, though. He's 6,600. That's 600 more dollars. You I, have, I feel, you yeah, know? I feel like if you, it's like, especially if like you're playing in head to heads or even, you know, double ups, I feel like Nate will be a very popular cash play. That people yeah. are just going to say, hey, you know what? Let me just take this. You know, then it just it gives you so much room and, and mm-hmm. flexibility. I probably that was I, probably I, what I would do. I mean, look, I can see in cash where maybe you just sit there and say, hey, I'm just going to stack that main event in cash mm-hmm. just because of the price point there. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat. Uh, he's got his usual questions here. Uh, top two cash. It's at the top, man. It's Chemayev and it's Almeida. Uh, I hate to do that to you, but it's the truth. Two of the safest guys out there, but also two of the most expensive guys. So um, that that is the yeah. case, though. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, top two GPPs. Stu fights. Um, Kuzlov Walker's got to be one of them. Yeah, that's no. That might be number one on my list. Truthfully, Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez might be up there on my list as number two. Okay. Uh, underdogs and MVPs underdogs, man. There's just not a love that I personally like there. I mean, you're just going to take some shots. Um, I mean, like looking on the DK side of the situation, looking at 7,500 below uh, a Rosa sticks out to me just because of if he wins, you know, that ceiling's high. Okay. I, I get it. And it's totally possible. He has good submission skills, good striking skills. I actually think I'd rather go to Macy Chasson over Julian Rosa. Just me. My perspective, even though I am backing on Reno Aldana, outside of Dennis Tululin, I'm probably going to be mixing and matching. And we might have a loser in the optimal lineup. I feel like this might be one of those weeks. In terms of MVP, I mean, obviously the Shemayev ownership is going to be high up there. Uh, Almeida is going to be up there as well. I mean, outside of those two guys, maybe a sneaky MVP is Jake Collier. Yeah, definitely sneaky. I, I think that might be getting a little too cute though i'll probably just go with the the, the chalk of chamayev he's just too cheap um for the contest favorite inside the distance uh we look look at fights here so uh, to me kutalaba Walker would be my top one agreed with that uh number two i'd probably i'd probably throw uh lee jolling and tony ferguson as a number two I'd agree with that as well uh top fades GPPs, Martinez Reed would be a fade for me. Dumont Wolf okay. will be another one. I think Wolf is that that wild card of 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 the fight card that we really don't know. So um as far as fade, I would probably say the Aldana and Macy Chasson fight will be a little bit light for my exposure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like upsets we kind of touched on that already. Yeah. Uh leverage plays. Uh I mentioned about Arena Danya as a potential leverage play. Uh the picket Denise fight, you just not you know, you're both under 20% ownership on both of those equations over there. Um then outside of that, those are probably my big leverage plays at this point. I yeah, we'll, I see mean, how, we'll see how ownership changes. Yeah, obviously Nate Diaz would be crazy leverage. Anton Turkalsh would be a crazy leverage as well, but Understand with a lot of leverage comes low probability too. So uh his over under number on finishes six and a half. He's going with a safe number here. I'm gonna say under. I, I kind of like that number. It's a good number. It's actually a really good number. I'll go over. Okay. Uh, that by the way, he's asking that's your new gaming chair. That looks like the same gaming chair. It's the same gaming chair, same broken gaming chair. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta win one of those tournaments this week to, to, to take advantage of that one. But of course, we appreciate everyone tuning in here for the stochastic.com DFS trash show. Be sure to check out Pete and Josh on Saturday for live before lock as they'll be here to get you ready for everything for UFC 279. Of course, keep it locked here, stochastic.com all day long today for NFL. 
and also for MLB coverage. So appreciate you tuning in. That's going to wrap it up for us. Of course, uh, be sure to smash that thumbs up, but leave a comment section below and uh, myself or Pete will definitely answer you in the comments. So hopefully everyone has a great day and I'll talk to you next week. Pete will see you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.